Hey everyone, it's Dario Kristen with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying experiences forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Although, some features are not available in all states. But it's okay. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these easy steps. It's just three of them. First, you go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your true savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience overall. Remember, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save your money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network, now the largest new media platform on the web, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's The Last Ship After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's The Last Ship After Show. That's really Marina's voice, you guys. Welcome into the last ship after show right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. Season 1, Episode 2 of The Last Ship called Welcome to Gitmo. And be careful what you wish for on YouTube. You want different intro music? You suggest Titanic? We give you Titanic. <laughs> we do listen to you guys. We read all the comments just like that. I'm your host, Bobby DeMiro, joined by my lovely panel today, Monsi, Marina, and Charlotte. Ladies, hello. Hi. I want to go like hello. this. Yeah. Right? You know? <laughs> Do you want to? You go. can't take a selfie when you're doing that. So, do you need one of us to take a picture? You can't. Then it'll be a Yui. You can't pull your arm yeah. back. It'll be a Yui. Then it'll be a Yui. Speaking of that Titanic song, we mean what we say. We do read the YouTube comments. And speaking of that, you guys, if you haven't yet, because this is a new show, get on iTunes if you're listening to the podcast, or YouTube if you are watching the video, and comment, rate us, leave a review, do all that kind of stuff. We want to know how to make the show better for you guys. We think we did a good job with the first episode because it was in the AfterBuzz Top 10 all week. So thank you for that. Thank you. Hopefully that continues, but if you have suggestions or whatever, bring them on. And if the suggestion is, lose the guy, let the girls talk more, <laughs> I agree with you. Let's do that. Before we get into the show, though, one quick thing of note. Maria's new book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness, How I Lost 40 Pounds and Kept It Off and How You Can Too, is in stores Right now, it's been in stores for about three weeks. It is doing very well. And you want to talk live testimonials. Charlotte, I understand you've lived this book. Yeah, there's some great recipes in there, especially coming up for the 4th of July. If you don't want to eat too unhealthy, I made some um, cucumber cups with hummus in them today right from the book. So good. So all the recipes are great. Sounds delicious. Perfect for a group of people this weekend. Fourth of July. It doesn't seem like it's coming up. I'm mad that the year has gone by, but I'm excited to party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's not? Okay. I'm not even American, but it's okay. 
No, you can still, you can still celebrate with us. As, I will. I will. I'm English. I should I still not be celebrating. celebrating. Yeah, I think he's the only American. So oh I'm, my gosh, I'm true. the only American you on are. this panel. So. You're a minority here. No yes. wonder we have. No wonder we have such tension here. But <laughs> we'll let the Brazilians celebrate with us. The English woman? I don't know. Oh, what about the Costa Rican? Hey, listen, America, back to back World War champs. I'm just saying. Gotta give it to you. I heard some laughing in the booth from that. Good. Somebody finds I'm funny. Before we waste more of all of your precious time, let's talk about the show, though. Luckily, no one on this panel is Russian. Thank goodness, yes. right? Uh, we'll yeah. get to the Russians in a second, but I want to start with the assault on Gitmo. Let's start today and kind of go play-by-play -play on the assault, and then we'll hash out some relationships, and we'll hash out what's going on with Quincy, the Russian mole. So let's start with this assault. The first question I have for you guys, as they are coming into Gitmo, they show all the training exercises on board the ship. And I understand that you have to train. If you're on a ship in a normal military situation for months, there's going to be some training. But did it strike you as a little weird that it almost seemed like they were preparing for something they'd never done? People were making mistakes. That guy, what was his name, Miller or whatever, is totally green. Petrified. Yeah. yeah. He is like a little scared puppy. You know, he just seems to be so, he's not prepared, he's scared, he he just doesn't look part of it. Every single thing, he's looking over his shoulder, and yeah. And he's about 15 years old. Everybody else on that ship. <laughs> Such a baby face. The, the women are tough women, the guys are tough guys, and then you have this one guy who's like 15 years old. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I, think, I think we found the weak link. For sure, I thought he was going to die in that episode. I was like, yeah. he's going to get shot. And yeah. then he ends up being... As kind of hero to the end of the situation help yep, the situation definitely. yeah but yeah i agree i saw that and i was like are they not properly trained is that not what they do right. or for their credit maybe just maybe they were very nervous because they had no idea what they're you know going to see and what was going to happen or what to expect so maybe he wasn't handling his feelings very well that's why he wasn't doing a good job yeah they yeah, are they're totally definitely. thrown out mm -hmm. i think you're right about that and i do know they do train we'd love to have some military people comment in on this if you've been in the navy they're going to train on the ship yeah. in a normal situation at some point it just seemed like such an over the top we got to train we got to train mm -hmm. we don't know what you're ready for it's like well haven't you been preparing right right and i know you can't prepare for this maybe but you've still been preparing for something yeah, I, I don't. I don't think they were expecting to prepare for Al Qaeda. Yeah, <laughs> that was a shock. Let's talk Al Qaeda. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a shock and a surprise, and we should have known because it's Gitmo. So if we're mm -hmm. going to have a conflict, that's what it's right. going to be. Uh, but my my biggest question: great action scenes. It's Michael Bay, so you know this is what you're going to get. Fun to watch, believable to me. I don't think anything was too crazy. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, with that. My biggest question, though, is at the start. Tex, who, God love him, <laughs> Tex mentions there are seven Al-Qaeda members. Does he not? Mm -hmm. He says there are seven was left. Was it seven? I thought it was more than I thought that. it was 11. I, I, I thought it was like 14. I thought oh, it no, was 14 But here's my question. Too. He yeah. said seven. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought I remembered him saying seven, and it comes into that because it seemed like there were 14. Dudes okay. died in the first explosion. Yeah. Dudes died in the... In the um, the uh, the food room or whatever guys died at the hospital. There's like a hundred of them dying. I yeah. wrote down fourteen. Yeah. I think there was seven gods. Yes, it was fourteen oh, Al Qaeda, okay, okay. and then um, Tex, is that his thing? yeah, Tex, and had another six guards with him. Mm -hmm. So, so they were the they were seven, seven yeah. total. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. so then fourteen is more believable. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. I take that back. I messed up. <laughs> Breaking news. I mess up again. Okay, so fourteen is a little more believable, and I thought scene to scene with that. Kind of crazy, but not too unbelievable. I liked it a lot. Yeah, for me action, too. definitely. Me too. And I liked how it started off with the explosion. It it kind of got you prepared for what was coming. 
that this is going to be nasty. I have a feeling in the future they're going to be fighting the Russians a lot. So thankfully they didn't fight the Russians for one episode. We got yeah. an episode off the Russians. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little change. <laughs> a little, ch- little change of pace. <laughs> it ended with them. Yeah, it did. Well, it did. we'll we're going to see about the Russians. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know about that. Um, the interesting, other interesting thing about this was when Vulture Team, I believe it was Vulture Team, went into, they were the hospital team, correct? Mm-hmm. And Cobra was the oil refinery or the food? Fuel. Cobra was fuel, I think. Was Cobra, Cobra was fu- fuel? fuel, I think. Okay. That's so Vulture is in the hospital. Yes. And they only have 60 minutes of oxygen. Oh, my God. I was yeah. nervous. I oh, was of course you were. Yeah. 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 I, I held my breath. When he ran out of oxygen, I held my breath to see how long it was going to be. Yes. Certainly. I held my dog, and I was like, hey, my dog, please. And well, no, wait a minute. That's I know, what I was going to ask. Yeah. Right, did, I think she said that the dog couldn't get in and yeah. couldn't transmit it or something. Yeah, but. Yeah, the dog, the, I think the dog can get it, but he can't. Give, give it, it to humans. No, yeah. I, it, it's not even... It, He's immune, right? So basically, when they explained that to me, it was airborne virus. You can breathe right. air around somebody and potentially mm-hmm. get it. And it's very contagious. It's got a three to five day incubation, so it's very quick. And then the other thing was it transmitted from birds to humans. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have been a big deal when it was transmitted, except it mutated artificially. Correct. Somebody mutated it. And now human to human, it's a huge deal. But upon mutation... Animals are immune to it. Oh, okay. now. So it started with birds. It started with mm-hmm. animals. But I guess after the but mutation, now. it's a human killer and animals are like, whatever. So that German Shepherd's right. just hanging out. Yeah. Speaking of it being airborne, I thought it was a little risky that they didn't wear their helmet, their hats, more. Yeah. Yes. All the time. Me too. I thought about that. When, right when he came out of the hospital, and I understand he needed oxygen, but he took it right off. Yeah. He was really close to those dead bodies. And just at the start, they didn't know where the the corpses were going to be, or if there was going to be people that that had the disease. They didn't know, yeah, and I they agree. weren't wearing the masks. And I get they had to keep the oxygen for when they really needed it when they went to the hospital. But I still thought it was a little risky. Yeah, everyone outside of the hospital. It was until they saw something that they were like, "Okay, put your mask yeah. on." But it was like, "Aren't you? Cl- if you see, it, aren't you close enough to maybe?" Take a breath, take a deep breath, and catch it. Yeah, I, I was with you. I was like, "That's very weird that only the ones in the hospital are like okay, have this mask on at all yeah. times." Or depending on where the wind goes, or if there's right. dead bodies all over the hospital and they're expecting to see dead bodies. What if there's just one dead body lying in the oil refinery where the fuel was or whatever? Mm-hmm. Well, you're, that's terrible for you. You guys yeah. are out of luck. You know, or or when they're walking around with Miller, Miller hears the bird and shoots. The pickup? Yeah. What if there's a dead body in one of those pickups? That's right. it. Now, they did say, I guess, that dead bodies only for a short time can pass the virus. Mm-hmm. They said they have to be okay. recently dead. So maybe their thought was, we have to be safe anyways. Maybe there's recently dead there. But if people have been dead for a while, they're not going to be good. We may not get it anyways right. unless we physically touch it or something. Well, mm-hmm. they, didn't they get a visual with the helicopter before they actually went in there? Yeah. So at least that was a way for them to know... That we don't see any movement at all in yeah. mm-hmm. any of the bees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, it's still very risky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Inc- in- incredibly <laughs> risky. But at least we know more about the virus. At least she told us that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Slattery kind of questions her. We'll talk about relationships in a minute. But remember that point because the second mm-hmm. in command, Slattery, is uh, he's biting the reins a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyways, before we get to him, let's talk Tex Nolan. 
the greatest character name ever. <laughs> and by great, I mean like totally Michael Bay. Could you say, like no other people would do something. He's like a, you know, American mercenary, private security, got the beard, like, you know, kind of Walker, Texas Rangery. What's your name? Tex Nolan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Super American. Super yeah. American. And as the only American on this panel, I say that's right. <laughs> Go America. <laughs> But Tex, okay, when he first came out, when he was yelling, when he had his gun, and he's saying, I'm an American, I know he sounded like an American, but did you believe he was on their side? Did you think he was going to be on their team? I did, just because he was screaming at him, and I'm a, geez, I am an American, stay away. They're, he was trying to save them from not going too close to that truck that exploded. So when I heard him saying, stay away, stay away, that's when I was like, okay, he's in our team. But before that, I didn't. I was like, who's the random guy coming in? <laughs> yeah, I think it was when he started communicating with them and telling them that the food is in um, the back warehouse and that and saying about Al-Qaeda and saying everything that he knew. When he started telling them, that was when I knew that he was on their side. But I'm still a little wary of him. Yeah, I'm a, a little bit... Yeah, I don't trust him 100%, yeah. but I agree. I felt like he was very easy to give orders to like he didn't really fight it so that's when i was like okay well maybe he's on our side but for now yeah like i feel like in this situation you can't trust anybody well remember Mm -hmm. in in his hostage situation uh i I say eric dane yes eric dane but chandler captain chandler (laughs) said straight out to the hostages it's not countries anymore there's no america allegiance necessarily it's a new world. Enemies aren't enemies anymore. Yeah. Now, Chandler was kind of lying to the Al-Qaeda guy because mm-hmm. he's going to blow him up anyways. Right. But there's truth there. There really is no enemies anymore yeah. in the same country sense. I know the Russians are after them, but it's not a country versus country thing anymore. So with uh, Chandler and these guys versus Tex down the road, not to get too prediction-y, but Tex doesn't necessarily have to line up with them because they're American. Exactly. Yes. I agree with you. And I think that, exactly, not to get too prediction-y, predictionary but i think that that could possibly happen he doesn't have to stay true to the americans anymore yeah and so no one in al-qaeda is sick because they're in section seven tex was hanging out in section seven i think they said uh but then all those al-qaeda guys without masks come up to the hospital to fire on you know right the yeah and and, co- and without masks go through the food place and without masks come to the fuel refinery and so it's like do they understand what's going on with these sicknesses or do they not care and they're trying to get these guys off their island I, th- I don't think they fully understand what's going on because when, firstly, they speak a different language. Secondly, they've been kept so far away that I don't think they truly get what is happening. Mm-hmm. The gods are obviously going to have got more information than they will have got. Um, but the fact that the gods let them go, I mean, that was pretty risky. Why would you do um, that? Yeah. yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. That's something that I was like... Is he telling the truth? That sounds weird. Like, yeah. how could you say that, that we let them go? I think he said they let a certain number of them go, right? And that the other ones took off or, like, escaped. I don't think he let go of all 14 of them is what I got from the story. But mm-hmm. I found that very weird. I found, like, you don't you do not do that if you're the guard and if right. you're in some sort of uh, winning situation. Like, it seemed like he was in power against them yeah. and ha- let them go. That is when I was still it made me even more worry about that guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. There's something off about you. And if you're the American government and, and you evacuated the island, which is what they said, you evacuated the base. It's not an, well, Cuba is the island, but it itself is not an island. But you evacuate the base. Why would you leave seven guards and fourteen prisoners behind? I hate to say it, but 
kill the prisoners, do something else with them, or take them with you, yeah. take the seven guards with you. So are those actually seven guards, or were they seven rogue agents who left? You know, who knows what right. those guys are? Exactly. I have a feeling all of our predictions are going to be about Tex, but they <laughs> yeah. should be. Yeah. yeah. Tex is but, a mystery man. But I love Chandler's speech, and especially at the end when he said, revenge is best served cold. Um and oh, I wrote down something else. Uh, we do it. not oh. negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> oh, what I said. Great. That's like an American foreign policy kind of that you don't negotiate with terrorists, right. but it's kind of been made more of in movies and television and pop mm-hmm. culture. So the second the little terrorism thing happened, and the Al Qaeda guy, I have his name written down, um, Amir. Amir. Yes. When Amir was holding the weapon at Tex and everything, I'm like. We don't negotiate with terrorists. Mm-hmm. This is America. Yeah. Well, you guys don't know about this, okay? This is America. <laughs> we don't negotiate with these guys. Just kill them. That's we, what I was saying. We've heard right. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, lo and behold, he did it. And it was obviously smart of him and cool of him to see that talking to Slattery, but talking to Amir, mm-hmm. you know, as a hostage mm-hmm. negotiator and saying, this is where we are. This is what we need. We need a diversion. Lo and behold, boom, there's the diversion. And that's what I loved. I really enjoyed the scene because I just thought that everyone just came together really well. And just, everyone just came together well. And and it happened in a great way. And it just shows that, I think it shows what a great country America is when everyone sticks together. Mm-hmm. Boom. Say that one more yeah. time just for the record. I just want to hear it one more time. I do. I do, though. I do think that. I'm teasing. I know you. Yeah, we're making too much of that. But America's the best. A, a point I want to make regarding what we we're talking about with uh, Al Qaeda mm-hmm. and them not wearing masks. The, I think the bigger question is: Do people outside of who is in the the ship do they know what's going on? Do they know that that it's airborne? You know. Yeah. How would Al Qaeda exactly. know that? Yeah. How yeah. would they know? So yeah. people don't even know. So for them, they don't. They're just going by. I agree. Their they day have to day know or whatever they're doing. But yeah. Exactly. They know something, something, but I don't think they know all the details. Oh, of so. course. Yeah. yeah. I doubt that they know that. And, a, a, and a heartbreaking yeah. thing that we saw very briefly in this episode was the communications teams. When they said, you will listen to everything and you will not talk, you will not release our position, blah, blah, blah. This is a secure area now. Those communication specialists listening to just regular people getting on like ham radios, being like, I'm on Route 17, like I need help. So depending on where you are, if you might be in a big city... First off, you're probably dead. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a big city, you probably know more of what's going on. If you live alone in the country, if you live on an island, you may have no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you still may have no idea if you're alive. And you may say, okay, I know something's bad, but I don't know how to protect myself. Yeah, exactly. Like what to do. Yeah. Because in that situation, if you're in the countryside in a cabin, like that's where you live, I would go outside and see what's going on and the, and maybe go... I mean, I wouldn't want to go up to a dead person, but, you know... You'd like, be curious. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. You want to know exactly. what's going on. Why is everybody just dying? Mm-hmm. What is going on in the world? You know, mm-hmm. we're curious in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till the ship comes ashore and they go to those people in the cabins uh, and start right? seeking them out. I'm sure something like that's coming. Oh, oh yes. yeah. Yeah. That ship cannot float forever unless they can find more fuel no. from other places. Mm-hmm. Now, the other question I have with this... Why couldn't they, having killed all of Al-Qaeda, having all the supplies there, having everybody else evacuated, having the base relatively secure, and having everyone who was sick already dead and theoretically dead long enough not to pass on the virus, why couldn't they stay at Gitmo, at least for a while? I know the Russian ship is there and they're dealing with that, but it never even crossed their mind to stay at Gitmo or just regroup. I think they believe it's not safe. Yeah, what's the point? Well, it's an easier base. I mean, you have more resources. They've got weapons there still. They've got more medical supplies. And now that they've seen everything, killed all of Al-Qaeda, why don't they stay there very cautiously with 
the sick people around or maybe don't go to the hospital. Right. But it's a home base. I feel like it's because they don't want to put this on hold. Mm -hmm. They don't want to regroup and think about it and prolong this process. So the the point is just the vaccination. Exactly. That's Mm -hmm. what I think. I just don't think it's that they they didn't think it was safe. Maybe they they just it was just like no we we have to get we're the only people he said it we might be the people that have to save the world yeah Dr. Rachel Scott might be Mm -hmm. the only person that can do it so I just think that they're they just don't want to waste time they're on a mission they're exactly Mm -hmm. I agree with Monty I think I think it's harder to hide you Mm -hmm. know if they're in the bays other ships other people might have had the same thought you know we need food we need fuel let's go to this base and it can cause trouble and fights and everything Mm -hmm. else so for them to be in the ocean and you know nobody knows their coordinates or exactly where they are it's safer for them especially for what they're doing and what they're carrying in the ship yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i agree with that okay so then finally we've got the hms suffolk did i say that right english woman suffolk Mm -hmm. suffolk 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 i think okay (laughs) i don't know i'm not english i can't can't pronounce it the right way you looked at me like you never heard that word before (laughs) well i I was thinking i was like what but i think it's suffolk suffolk okay whatever i'm (laughs) sorry uh i have written down with a question when i saw it first come up is it a legit naval vessel no no it is not it's the russians surprise surprise uh and that'll be a fun prediction for the end of the thing but that's kind of how this ends with the russian guy saying you have something i want Mm -hmm. so what does he want is it just as simple as the vaccine Rachel Scott. I think it's the vaccine. That's interesting. So you're saying it's it's not the vaccine itself. It's the doctor, person behind the it, the knowledge. Yeah, I agree. Huh. I, I thought it was the doctor. Yeah. That they want some the, somebody. And it, I don't even know if it's necessarily just for this vaccine. Mm-hmm. It might be for something else. But I agree. I think they want her. Yeah. I don't think, even in the first episode, I think it was clear that they didn't really care about what was in the snow. Right. They cared about her. Well, yeah. they kept saying, we want the cure. Now, do they think that the cure is already made and it's ready? Or do they think the cure is having Rachel? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I think and that's the question. And yeah. They agree. Interesting. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about Rachel and dive into some of these relationships. Uh, first one, biggest one, is Rachel Scott and Tom Chandler. Uh, kind of in love, kind of not, kind of playful. I know they're not like <laughs> in love, love yet, but I think we can see it coming, right? Mm-hmm. Something yeah. there, something's going to happen yeah. there. I agree. Yeah. I think it's going to happen. You know, in the end, when they had that moment and just the smirks on their face mm-hmm. and the little comments they make, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They work as a good team, and that's a power mm-hmm. couple. Yeah. yeah. It's true. And he's saying you don't have to prove yourself. Yeah. He already knows what she's capable of, how great of a person, doctor, everything she is. She's a powerful, strong woman. He knows that. Yeah. I agree. I feel like there's there's a lot of playful tension between mm-hmm. them. And you can't... Every time they're in a scene together, playful tension. Yeah. So and It's not only that, but he is not threatened by her. Slattery is more threatened by her. And I think there's two reasons for that. Maybe, maybe less or more, but two main ones to me is, A, she's a civilian on a military ship and Slattery is threatened by her comeuppance and b she's a woman in a man's world mm-hmm. um and for for uh chandler i keep wanting to say eric dane i'm sorry <laughs> for for chandler yes she's a woman on a man's ship but it's part of the order so this is what he's going to do and he's going to play it close and yes she is a civilian on a military ship but this is part of the orders and this is what i'm going to mm-hmm. do now chandler is a little torn up that she lied to him mm-hmm. he had the conversation with slattery mm-hmm. about the fact that she lied so that remains to be seen how seriously he's going to take that lie down the road or how much he's going to trust her. But if he can play with her a little bit, 
I think he at least knows she's a worthy adversary or a worthy companion, not an adversary, a worthy teammate. And it's important to keep her on the good side because we need her. And I think people are starting to get over the fact that that she kept it from them because the fact that she saved um, the guy, I don't know his name, the guy that was shot. Danny, I think um, it was. Yeah. And his friend was like, she saved him. She saved him. And then she's helping all the people that got shot or got injured. So I think everyone's starting to realize. Mm -hmm. And when they were in the um, control room and she said, it was orders. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to hide it from you. Like, they should know to. that, right? Yeah. They and should I think know out of all people how to follow. Anybody who knows orders, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So exactly. they can't they can't judge her on that. If she was just following following orders, right? I think the response was, "We know orders." Or yeah, just exactly. say like, "We're it's not our first rodeo." When mm-hmm. it comes to that, yeah, yeah, I agree. The response for everybody, but Slattery. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. Slattery. I'm telling you, I think it was my prediction last week causing a mutiny. This dude's a little out there. He yeah. doesn't believe everything. He's not. He's skeptical of her, which we we may have talked about the two reasons why. But you cannot be skeptical of somebody giving orders right to their face in public around other people, mm-hmm. especially when she is your only hope. Like you should be on her feet. Like I'll do whatever you need me to. Let's do this. Yeah. And yet he's you know asking her questions, not believing what she's saying, and it's not helping the cause. You know she is the hope. Yeah. yeah. He's just out for himself. Which surprised me when he sent her on land because he is out for himself. So I wondered why he sent her. But it's a weird out help. for himself. Mm-hmm. He is out for himself, but he's out for himself and his men and women and his sailors in the sense that he didn't probably want to send her out. He didn't want her to be there at all. Mm-hmm. But right. if she could save one of his guys, he was going to save his own guys. Yeah. And, and he has selfish reasons for a different reason than just completely selfish. He has mm-hmm. selfish reasons for the team he's built, and she's the usurper, she's the civilian, she's the woman in a man's world, whatever, mm-hmm. and so she's the outsider. I don't want to deal with her, but oh, I got to use her because Danny needs help. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, I think, uh, not to get too prediction <laughs> I think he is out for himself. Yeah. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. later. But there's a couple interesting scenes with him and Chandler where they start fighting. They're fighting about uh, Rachel lying, and they're fighting about the orders, and Chandler's saying, this is the orders, and uh, Slattery says, so what happens if you die? And Chandler's like, you take over. You know, this mm-hmm. is what it is. These are the orders. And uh, and Chandler point blank asks him, are you with me? Mm-hmm. And, and he said, even if you don't agree with me, yeah, are you with me? Mm-hmm. And Slattery responds and says something like, I follow orders, or whatever yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. And Chandler's like, that's not the question I asked. Mm-hmm. Ask the question. So you can already see the tension between the yeah. two of them. Do you really think Slattery's with Chandler? No. No. But so I, you guys are agreeing with my prediction from last week? Yeah. Yeah, well, I agree. And I think it's not that... I think he's out for himself in the sense that he wants to just get back to his family. And he wants to help his ship. But he just doesn't like her. I think there's probably jealousy involved. The whole man-woman thing, like we said. But, I, yeah, I, I think he's not with him. He doesn't want to do the same he doesn't want to take the road that Chandler wants to take mm-hmm. that's what I think he doesn't want to follow her rules right he wants them to be in charge and she's just there and she does what they want and that's not what's happening right because mm-hmm. she needs uh, medicine she needs supplements so they're they're doing what she needs and I think that's really hurting his ego and I also don't think he likes Maybe he even sees the relationship between Chandler blossoming. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said maybe there's like a little jealousy there. But I think he sees that and he sees how Chandler likes her and defends her. And Mm -hmm. he's not down for that. I think you've also got a guy who is second in command, 
very high on the Navy chain in a lot of ways, you know, in American military, but in a but lot of other ways, still second in command. low. He's Is second he? in command of this ship. And he says, you know what? The president's dead. The vice president's dead. All these people are dead. The government's disbanded. Our ship's probably the only good thing going in the world, and I'm second in command. So if I can get over Chandler or something can happen, mm-hmm. I'm kind of running the world. Mm-hmm. I know that's maybe he's not that funny about it, running the world, but it's the idea of he's one step from really complete power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wants the power. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't we all? Mm. Not in that situation. <laughs> power brings a lot of problems. Maybe maybe just the Americans do. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's talk Russians right now. We've got Quincy, who is, of course, Rachel's assistant. Quincy Toffet, totally a fake name. Like, (laughs) seriously, I'm sure it's a fake name. Uh, He says in Russian at at the start of the show, one of the things he says is, how am I supposed to stop them? Which, knowing what we know at the end of the show, is I assume, how am I supposed to stop them from leaving Gitmo? Right. And he does that. Yes. The first question I have for him, though, is the gas that he almost pulled out... Yeah. I don't even have the question for him. Whatever his reasons are, we will find that out. My question is for the doctor. The doctor who came up to him and said, don't pull that. You're going to kill everybody. You're going to infect everyone right. with gas. And then the doctor just walks, walks away. away. I know. It yeah. made no sense. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you kind of escort him back and say, hey, get out of here. Go back to your quarters, dude. Yeah. And go tell Chandler. Yeah. 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 Look... And then even when he said, oh, someone told me that, the, was it the AC? Yeah, it's yeah. like his air conditioning wasn't working Yeah, something. it's like, uh, no. Yeah. And like, the, the world is dying and you're complaining about AC. The yeah. end of the world will be in air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> but that was sketchy. I mean, well, I didn't really understand why. So now he's taking it into his own hands to kill the American ship that he's on. I don't think he knew what he was doing. I think he was just trying to stop the ship. I think show. he was trying to delay everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like break something. Like, I'll just break something and yeah. that'll right. delay us. Because when that guy walked away, if he knew what he was doing, he would have just gone and done it. He could have yeah. turned around and done it. And yeah. he then left. So I was like, you're just trying to stall. Mm-hmm. That's what he was trying to do. But clearly, he doesn't know anything about the ship. So maybe it's going to backfire on him. And stall he did. Yeah, he stopped because something fell and he, he, ta- he dropped a machine. A machine. Or yeah, yeah. Recalibration. We've yeah. all used yeah. that excuse. Am I right, yeah. fellas? <laughs> Maybe not. not, not. Yeah. Okay. Well, that one fell on its face. Uh, but the Russians come. The Russians are here. Not surprised by us. The one thing, Marina, when we were watching this at the very end, neither one of us liked this. I don't know how you two felt, but the ship had the British call it had the british woman talking on it and they kind of took for granted it was british and it was far away so they just had it on radar and then it gets close enough in the bay and they still think it's british until somebody's like hey the call sign's wrong it can't be a british ship and they're like well let's look at the binoculars yeah they look for half a second and they're like oh it's russian yeah yeah you could have saw that like 10 minutes ago wouldn't you be following it like (laughs) the whole way towards you you'd have one guy who just was looking on the binoculars absolutely well chandler was way too laid back about this oh we're just gonna go and have tea and biscuits which reminds me mm-hmm. since they talked about it on the show if you could bring some in next week that'd be great English fish and chips yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> but I just thought that was weird that he's joking with them and saying oh yeah we needed your help like an hour ago do I you agree. trust these people no. like who 
Well, listen, he's know? Chandler is trusting to a fault. He was trusting mm-hmm. of Rachel Scott, who was lying to him. And I know, how are we supposed to know that? How could he have known? But he was very trusting and accepting of her assignment in the first place. Mm-hmm. Then he's very trusting of Tex Nolan. And something's weird about Tex Nolan. Mm-hmm. And now he was very trusting of that British ship. And he's very trusting of Slattery, who is shown in subordination multiple times. Chandler's still trusting Slattery to yeah. say, you can get your job done. I know you're with me. So... Mm-hmm. Chandler may be trusting to a fault, and it's going right. to bite him in the ass one day. And that day may right be now. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that day is yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. It just felt like he acted irresponsibly. You know, you have the cure in your ship to save the world, and he's just acting like it's nothing. Like, oh, no worries. There are friends. You know, let them come. Let's hang out until we can, you know, move the ship. And it doesn't make sense. I feel like a captain of a ship in that certain situation would not do that. I agree. You'd be a lot more skeptical. Yeah. yeah. When that took place, I was like, "Are you? Do you know what, what's going on in the world? Right. Are you aware of what's happening?" Like mm-hmm. it, it was like he was he was a different person to me. It was like a completely different person from the person dealing with Al Qaeda. Right? right. It's like come on over and hang out. What? You, yeah. You're just gonna let all these people get on your ship? Mm-hmm. That. Okay. Yeah, what happens next? Yeah, yeah. like, okay, party. And he was super laid back when Quincy said, oh, yeah, I, I broke a machine or whatever. Reallocate. What did he say? I, whatever. But Re- recalibrate, yeah. That, yeah. But he was super laid back with that, too. It's like, wouldn't you go on a mission? Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we just leave? Like, do, Even yeah. if he didn't know, wouldn't you go see yeah, for yourself? Wouldn't, yes. wouldn't you have Rachel go check, first mm-hmm. of all, since yeah. she is his boss? Yeah. Well, that's what I thought he was going to talk to Rachel about. And then he didn't. He just said... You don't have to prove anything. Right. Yeah. Which is weird because that conversation, when it happened temporally in the show, was before the conversation in the captain's, in the gallery, whatever, talking about recalibrating the machine with the rest of his crew and slattery, and then the thing with the Russians. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like in the show we see Eric, Eric, in the show we see Chandler, (laughs) Eric Dane, in the show we see Chandler talking to Rachel and kind of resolving the day. And then temporally, he still has stuff to do. But in his head, you guys are talking about him being laid back. Maybe that's why. He has the conversation with Rachel. The day's resolved. You know, you don't have to prove anything. I got it. And then everything else is casual for him that day. And he loses vigilance for a second. Right. And it's going to cost him. Yeah. There's no yeah. way it can't. Agreed. So you're saying it was he was just being... And all in love. I just, is what you're saying. No, that well, point. that's a good point. I don't know if it was because of her, because of in love or whatever. He was distracted. <laughs> I don't think it was that. I think he's a pro. But I think he was exhausted or whatever, and he just lost vigilance. Mm. He thought the day was over because all the Gitmo stuff had ended and Al-Qaeda mm. was gone. And he said, I, I have one confirmation that this is a British ship. Yeah. Good enough for me. Yeah. When he should have been doing more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be tough to live in an apocalyptic world because you'd have to be ready literally 24-7. 24-7. And maybe that will help him not just trust anyone. Maybe that, that'll be If he gets change. out of it alive. Exactly. Who knows? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. That would be quite the <laughs> twist if Eric, if Eric Dane was killed off the show. I don't think that's going to happen. That will not be on the predictions. Uh, <laughs> before we get to predictions, though, we do have a little bit of news and gossip. So let's do that right now. All right. We've got two things... After Buzz TV News. Let's do it again. <laughs> We've got two things. We just had a little hiccup with the news and gossip sounds. Uh, 
One here, Rona Mitra, who plays Rachel Scott, talks to moviepilot.com. She talked to them about a bunch of stuff. It's a good long interview. Nothing too groundbreaking. You know how actors talk to media outlets. But one thing interesting she did say, they asked her how long it took to film that big snow chase scene in the pilot and what that was like. And she said, quote, it was amazing. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had shooting and one of the most, I'm not going to say grueling because there's been worse, but it was quite intense. It was very cold. We had blizzards. The snow was incredibly deep. It was so otherworldly. And get this, Michael Michael Bay flew in and he had never shot in the snow before. Wow. wow. So, which is weird. He is never... He's Him, him. out of all people. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. I That's guess they crazy. just... I guess when I equate action movies and snow, it's like James Bond. Mm-hmm. So maybe he hadn't shot in the snow before. But Do we never... know exactly where they shot that? That's a good question. She doesn't say it, and I'm not know. sure where they did. Yeah. That's a good question. I'll look it up. Uh, she also says it was the only segment of the show that he really was hands-on directing shot. Uh, and she says it was a privilege that, he, privilege that he came in. They had these helicopters which were loaned to us, and it just lent for such real drama and excitement and thrill on a scale that a television show really isn't used to. She goes on to say about that idea of this being almost like a film on TV. So I knew what we were doing was coloring outside the box, which made me feel that hopefully the audience, when they see this, they'll realize this is not par for the course with what we're used to on our television screens. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It is an action movie on television, which we expected with Michael Bay, but it's it's cool to see. It's great. It's been really fun to watch so far, all the action scenes. Yeah, it is fun. It's not boring. I'm looking forward to it every week so far, so that's good. That's good, yeah. yeah. Well. What else? What else? Did you ladies know that Eric Dane had a sex tape? I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? A long time I, ago, Translation, right? they've both seen it. <laughs> I have not, unfortunately. I, right, unfortunately is the correct word. Uh, in 2009, but he's finally talking about it. He did an interview with people, not necessarily about this tape. It's about his career with The Last Ship and all that, but he finally talks about it. Uh, it was actually a tape of a threesome. Oh, he, I didn't know that. His wife, who is Rebecca Gayhart, on one of the, an actress and one of their mutual friends, it was leaked, uh, and he actually says, "We all make mistakes. My one regret is that I got the person I love most wrapped up in all of that, Rebecca." But he says he's really happy right now, and he truly feels that everything has kind of fallen into place, and he is exactly where he's supposed to be. So. And he has, what, <laughs> two kids? He has two kids. So, yeah. Yes. That's uh, what's the worst, right? All those kids are going to see it. But. It happened after the kids were born, too. They were very yeah. young. I'm sure they've mm-hmm. never seen it anyway. I think only one of them was born because oh, one okay. is two and a half. Okay. So, gotcha. only, yeah. I think only one of them was born. But, yeah. The other thing I was reading about Dane is his dad died when he was seven. So, mm-hmm. in his personal life, this is probably a great thing for him to have the kids and the wife and to work through all the stuff he's gone through because now he actually has a real family yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. that he may have not fully had when he was growing up. Yeah. yeah, he said that this whole, the the leaking of this tape was kind of like a revelation for him. He went to rehab, he was on painkillers and he went to rehab and kind of put his life together. And now he says that the most important thing in his life is his family. That's what he's saying. So, that's nice. Good for him. Good yeah. for him. Pain we killer, wish you the best. Painkillers yeah. from, pain from a sports injury. It wasn't abusive from the start or something oh, he did yeah. illegally. That's, but that's even creepier mm-hmm. is like, this is a guy on his spare time or if he was working and sustained an injury and then got addicted it's like right. man yeah. you feel for that so good for yeah. him to come mm-hmm. through totally that. Yeah. we're rooting for you yeah you guys are rooting for him Always. just because he's hot <laughs> yeah big steamy all the way oh, Lord. all the way <laughs> alright let's do uh, predictions right now and now you're after Buzz TV predictions well ladies first I certainly cannot go first on this 
Well, in the preview for next week, we see Quincy. Is he pointing a gun? I don't know what he's pointing at, but saying to Rachel Scott, they want you. So I think it starts to come out that he is not really on their side. Um, Because it's going to be obvious when the Russians come and he's talking to them and kind of like, oh, you guys know each other? Mm -hmm. How? So I think more is going to start to come out there. Um, That's my main prediction. (laughs) I have a quick question before we continue on predictions about this with Quincy. I'm sorry for cutting you guys off, but... Quincy is talking on some kind of phone to the Russians and speaking in Russian to them. We saw in this episode that the communication specialists are listening to every frequency and radio wave, ham radios, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, and they can pick up things on the American mainland. Couldn't they pick up a signal of interference from Quincy talking on the phone? Yeah, I, from honestly, that boat? Yeah, from yes. the boat. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how it's not, what, what technology is doing this. I would like that explained to me. And surely that has to be, that has to be explained because that's, yeah. I mean, that's a huge, question yeah a huge right. question yeah that i think a lot of people will be asking how he's able to talk to them to f- basically freely communicate with yeah. them yeah have no issues just mm-hmm. like oh, i'm gonna go over here and talk to them it's like how how's that possible yeah and mm-hmm. nobody has been interested in what are you doing over there or, right. or like you said they should be able to catch this even if they can't hear the words like they can hear on the ham radios they should get us some kind of interference to say wait a minute there's another communication line going oh it's really strong here it's in it's initiating itself mm-hmm. on the ship mm-hmm. something like that yeah and what has quincy been doing this whole time nothing exactly yeah. so how has no one kind of asked questions about right. where he is and oh what are you what's he doing down there because i we know you're not working on the cure because that's kind of what rachel's right. speciality um so, yeah, no questions have really been raised, which is kind of weird. I agree. Well, I agree with Charlotte. I think Quincy's going to come out and, you know, join the Russians. I'm going to make a very, I don't even know how to say it. Um, wild. Wild and crazy prediction. Very out of the box, maybe. I don't know. That's what we're here for. Um, I think Quincy's going to die. Quincy's going to die. Yeah. Well, he's expendable. Mm-hmm. Well, as far but, as we but know. very soon, you know, in this battle of the Russians, and, in, you know, he, he's going to think the Russians have his back, but when, when it comes down to it, they're going to be like, yeah, whatever. Interesting. We don't want you. We want the access yeah. to what we actually mm-hmm. want. Yeah. yeah. So that's my prediction. Nice. Well, I think Eric Dane is going to die. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm actually going to disagree with you guys a little bit. <clears throat> I think Quincy is going to turn his back on the Russians. Ooh. Um, that's honestly what I think. I think he's going, just in his conversations, like how he's like, how am I supposed to stop them? I think he's starting to realize, like, maybe he has made a mistake. This wild prediction, maybe. But I do think he is going to turn his back on the Russians. It wouldn't shock me if he gets killed trying to save Rachel, trying to save the ship Chandler, trying to help them out but it wouldn't shock me if he dies i don't yeah i think he's easily expendable so just for the record all three of you believe the russians are adversaries no questions asked they're against america yep for sure uh i am not going to confirm or deny yeah oh you call, that's such a politician yeah. so my prediction is whether it happens in episode three or down the road i believe that somehow someday some way the russians and the americans will come together have a little barbecue on the boats and realize that 
they work better as a team. And if the thing the Russians want is the vaccine or is Dr. Scott, these two groups will come together in some way and realize, hey, it's a lonely world out there. Why don't we all work together and be on the same team country free? It's two ships together and we've got a convoy and we're going to go kick ass somewhere else. And I think you I think you're looking at two enemies who will in one way in the full way become allies. I think that could happen. I agree with you, but I don't think it's going to be in the next few episodes. I guess we'll see. Hmm. Hey, social links as we get going. Charlotte, Twitter and stuff. Where can people find you? Charlotte B underscore TV on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rena Brazil. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monsi Bolanos. You guys have cool names. I'm at Bobby Demiro on Twitter at Mr. Bobby Demiro on Instagram. Because I'm formal. Can't you guys tell? I like wearing a little pink t-shirt. And as we get going, remember, since this is a new show, if you're listening on iTunes, please rate us, review us, do all that good stuff so we know what you uh, what you like, what you want, whatever. Happy 4th of July at the end of the week this week. We'll see you guys next week on The Last Ship. Good night. Go Costa Rica. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.